five-minute major coming up in about ten minutes on the Crowley Show. Talking about the Penguins' dismantling of those bastard Philadelphia Flyers last night. Jesse Marshall coming up at 520 from The Athletic. He's really good. Just wrote a good piece on Riley Shea today. So we'll get to all that. But first, I put it up on a Twitter poll. It's important. Transparency. Number one virtue of the Crowley Show. I care a lot more about this than I care about hockey at this point. It's 2018. We should all be striving to be nice to each other. With that in mind, if I don't have a six-pack by this 27th, can we push the deadline for the belly button piercing back to February? Thus far, 75% of the people say, no, I'm a terrible person. 25% of the people say, yes, I'm kind. I can't vote on my own stupid poll. That is clear pandering right there. Not pandering. Not pandering. That is, That's it, not it, pandering. In the political climate we have, that is the epitome of what's going on right there. Look at you just trying to go to your base, actually calling the people who disagree with you a terrible person and the people who agree with you a kind person. I think for that alone, you probably should have two rings put in that belly button. Well, we're not adding rings. That's not happening. It's not like Tom Brady. Every year, new ring. Terrible joke. Braden tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. I'm disappointed in you, man. You said that this year would be different and that you would follow through. Now you're being a little bitch. Yes, Braden. Yes. You made a bet, and you're going to lose. Man up, man. Braden. See, Braden has to hold you accountable here. Hashtag Fat Crowley. <laughs> the Ordinary Boy tweets, Dude, the quickest way to six-pack abs is to plank. I say you get an extension to the 30th of January. Screw you, I get three extra days. And if I just plank all the time, I ain't going to do anything. I'm not burning any calories. Dude, I got the formula for you to, to, to get it. I don't, you need to, I don't need, You won't follow it. I don't need to do it your way. You won't follow it. I'm I telling you. It's, do not need it. It's a nuclear bomb of abs, dude, is what it is. It's like a cyclone bomb of abs. Jonathan says... You've been doing a great job lifting weights, cardioing, and also stuffing your face with pepperoni rolls on air, drinking copious amounts of beer. <laughs> it's piercing time. The Snowy Postman tweets, give him the extension, but if he loses, he has to get both nipples and his belly button pierced. Oh, now that's intriguing. <laughs> now that right there might feel... I, I would be willing to entertain that if there was a chain that was connecting all three. I could give you a chain. Like a like a chain, like where it's like all one I can give you a chain. Dave tweets Your boys have no skin in the game. If you make it they should get theirs pierced. Shut up, Dan. So if I get my six pack No, you're not dragging us into this. We've gone over this before. You're not dragging us into it. Mm-hmm. You made the commitment on the air to mm-hmm. do this. And now you're trying to back out. Now, first of all, there is no way. I know for a fact Joe is not getting his belly button pierced. Hates the show when it comes to stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, Joe doesn't do enough for the show you that know? way. And I'm not going to do it because you drug me into last time having to get my hair dyed purple. Yeah, it was so tough. Without me knowing uh, right Really on the hard. Yeah, well, I'm not going down down with it this time. This is your commitment, and I think you owe it to your listeners, dude. Honestly, on, on, a, on a very human level, on, on a moral level, you need you need to give the people what you promised them. 
I'm just going to have to work really hard to make sure it doesn't happen. And see, that's the that's the opportunity. Look, I'll go a little Ray Lewis in a garage by himself right now. What you need to do is accept the challenge. You need to bring it to the level of excellence. You need to pee excellence. You need to re-pee excellence. Today is not tomorrow. It's not yesterday. It's not last week. It's not next month. Today is today. And if you do not seize today, you cannot be a champion, Crowley. You cannot be number 52 bringing it home, doing it for every day except yesterday. Steelers had a lot of drama this year. Time to get fucked nope, up with nope, some of the best. No, 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 no. Forgot about the Steelers polka, didn't you? No one else around here can do their damn job. You can't get pierced. I'm not getting pierced. If you missed any of the drama this year, we got it all for you. And it all started out with young Le'Veon Bell. After the holdout. Not at all, you know what I mean? Obviously, every... You know, football is, you know, more than just a sport. You know, obviously a little business behind it, you know, so there's no hard feelings. You know, I, mean, I came in here, everybody's happy, um, you know, and we're ready to get back to, you know, to the season and win the Super Bowl. That's when it all started. Le'Veon Bell not showing up for training camp. Everyone and their mother peeing their pants. Steelers offense gets off to a slow start. Oh, my God. It's all because Le'Veon Bell did not show up for training camp. Remember when the Steelers lost to the Bears? Gets the call, big hole, steps out of a tackle, going to the far pylon, and he's in for the touchdown that ends this game. Is he in the end zone? Yeah. That's the ruling, and that will end this game in overtime. So not one, not two, but three big runs on this possession against the Steelers' defense. It was out on that field a long time, and that seals the deal for the Bears. They win their first, and the Steelers bow by a final score of 23 to 17. So people were pissed. Steelers sitting there at 2 and 1 losing to the lowly Chicago Bears, but it wasn't just Steelers fans that were mad, it was the country because they could not handle the national anthem situation with a plum and then Alejandro Villanueva apologized for it. At that moment, you know, it was the decision of do you walk out of the national anthem and join your teammates? I know that would have looked extremely bad. Uh, or, you know, do you, as, as, as a team, do you start moving halfway through the national anthem? So essentially what we can get out of this is that we butchered our plan to sort of have a response uh, for the national anthem and respect everyone's opinions. You're an offensive lineman, Villanueva. You can't move during the anthem. That would be a false start. Steelers then took care of business the next week against the Baltimore Ravens, except Antonio Brown got pissed. Because Ben Roethlisberger overthrew him and a touchdown that could have been never was. Emotions are capable of getting away from you. It doesn't need to happen. It shouldn't happen. Um, hopefully it won't move him forward. Hopefully he's learned a lesson um, through that. Hopefully others have learned a lesson through that. I think that's one of the things that you really got to focus on when you talk about something like that. We got young people on our team. Uh, they need to be taught good things, good lessons, uh, ways to conduct themselves as professionals. Uh, we all make mistakes. He made a mistake. 
I'm sure he's ready to move on from it. But I also think there's a lesson to be learned or a lesson to be taught there. And I hope that uh, he addresses that element of it as well as he moves forward. Well, Martavis Bryant certainly learned a lesson later on in the season. We'll get to him. But speaking of mistakes, Ben had five against Jacksonville. Gets the shotgun snap. Pressure. He throws it down the field. The pass is intercepted at the goal line. And tackled at the one is Tashawn Gibson, his second straight interception. Ben tried to go to Juju Smith-Schuster. And we're going to the record book to see if five is Ben's max in a game. But Ben took it well. Don't think so, but maybe I am. Maybe I don't have it anymore. Oh, never mind. He didn't. Martavis Bryant not happy with the quarterback's play. He said he's not going to complain. I'm not traded. I'm going to work my butt off here. And whatever happens, happens. You know, you're not going to hear me complain or nothing no more. I'm just going to be quiet and let everything fall in place. Well, in the locker room, he was not going to complain, but he ripped Juju Smith-Schuster on Instagram, called out a fan. He got benched for the Colts game where Juju took full advantage. He's back. He waits. He fires down the field, and it's caught on a dead run. That is Juju Smith-Schuster. Foot race, 35-30, 25-20. Suck on that, Martavis. Pittsburgh Steelers touchdown. I like that. 98 yards. Ben Roethlisberger to the rookie Juju. That was against Detroit. I was wrong. They then played the Colts. They struggled. Todd Haley yelled at someone. We don't know who, but the Steelers were able to pull it out Whoa. nonetheless. Todd Haley, though, after the game, when speaking to the media on Thursday, said he wasn't yelling at Ben. I wasn't yelling at Ben. But, uh, I had two of my daughters uh, <laughs> send me the clip and say, Dad, what, what, why were you yelling at him? I'm like, I wasn't yelling at Ben. I was yelling at an unnamed coach that I won't talk about right now. This guy's always yelling. Always yelling that Todd Haley. Skip forward a couple of games. Steelers, arch-rival Bengals. Of course, we all know what happened to Ryan Shazier, but it what it was what Juju Smith-Schuster did that got people talking. The snap, steps up in the pocket, throws it underneath the check down. Here oh, comes Bell. Oh, Bell. What a block by Juju. He knocked out Vontez Perfect. Ouch. Juju was apologetic after the game. AB, not so much. That's not me. You know, it's I should never stood over him. I apologize for that. And it's called with that, karma. With that, with that being said, um, it's I hope karma. he gets better. It's called what, AB? Karma is karma. You know, well, karma is just in life. You know, you do the wrong things, you get the wrong things happening. It's not, it's not personal between no one. You know, karma could be on you guys if you do the wrong thing. So be careful. But Patriots Week would then follow. And with the Patriots, of course, all of the distractions are going to fly out the window, and everyone's going to be singularly focused on playing and beating New England. Unfortunately for James Harrison on Instagram, he was focused on playing, and they weren't going to let him. They got this stand on the sideline. What the hell's wrong with them? What's wrong with them? They got this stand on the sideline. What's wrong with them? And to watch the video, I kind of agreed. He's doing flies, bent over. The guy is shredded. It's okay, though, because the Steelers would beat New England. I think, I think here, here's Tony Carrente, and this is mighty, mighty big. This is huge. Is it a touchdown or is it After not? After reviewing a play, the receiver in the end zone did not survive the, the ground. son of a bitch! I told you. It will be Pittsburgh's ball. God! Second down and 10 at the 10-yard line. Oh, the game clock is correct, and we'll start on the next snap. Well, in my personal record book, they beat the New England Patriots. Marquise Pouncey, though, afterwards... He didn't feel like talking about New England. A couple weeks later, talking about Jamie Hammerson, 
who was cut because of that Instagram post and more. Pouncey said he's dead to me, man. Speaking of team MVPs, you don't have to erase James's from the record books now that he went to New England, do you? Like he, he erased himself. He erased his own legacy here. Let's be serious. Erased the legacy, really? He's pretty strong. You don't think so? Uh, and you tell me. It's your locker room. Man, I would think so as a fan. It's crazy. It blows my mind. The breaking news there is that Tim does not think that it is his own locker room. He bows down to Marquis Pouncey. If you didn't know what happened this year, I feel like that got you all caught up. Now to hockey. It's time for the five-minute major. It's time to get pucked up with some of the best damn hockey talk on the planet. You go to the box, you know, uh, you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. This is the five-minute major with Adam Crowley. I forgot we used Marc-Andre Fleury as the voice guy for that. We haven't brought out the five-minute major in a long time. Last night, Penguins went 5-1. to one. Jesse Marshall joins us to talk in depth at 5-20. Penguins showed good pushback last night. Flyers tied the game at 1 in the second period. All their inbred fans were going wild. But the Penguins, they got two quick goals from Reeves and Sherry. We haven't seen that much from the Penguins this year. They got it last night. I think it's important that when you get down in a game or when the momentum starts to change, you do something about it. They did something about it last night, mainly because the fourth line was great. Carter Rowney got hurt. Riley Shane was taking shifts with them, and all of a sudden they looked pretty damn good. Kuhnhockel scored. Reeves scored. They each had two points. Reeves was a fight short of the Gordie Howe hat trick. How about that? Daniel Sprong. That guy's got a hell of a shot. Quick release. He's the real deal on the offensive side, and he also drew a penalty. Alexiak filled in for what we usually see for Ryan Reeves. He got in a fight. He also scored his first goal for the Penguins. That dude can play. He's benefited from the change of scenery. He's a pretty mobile guy for his size. I liked the Penguins' pairs last night prior to the Dumoulin injury. Unfortunately, it seems like every time the Penguins get healthy and start to do something, they get banged up again. Jumo got hurt, as did Jari, as did Carter Rowney. The big takeaway for me, though, Penguins have a record of 7-2 and two against the Metropolitan Division. That shows me that they can rev it up against the teams that they know they have to rev it up against. Jesse Marshall talks puck. Next, it's the Crowley Show. I could have been having a bad day yesterday. And it would have all been wiped away by the Penguins beating the Flyers. I had a great day. It was a nice little cherry on top. But that's how much I hate Philadelphia. And the Penguins now pull themselves into within one point of a playoff spot. And they'll play the team that they're trailing tomorrow. The Carolina Hurricanes joining me now to discuss our buddy from The Athletic. He is Jesse Marshall. Jesse, thanks so much for taking the time today. Thanks, Adam. I'm glad you had a good day yesterday. Thanks, buddy. Was your day good yesterday, Jesse? I got no complaints. Yeah, I mean, you know, Flyers win always helps cap things off. So, yeah, I'm right with you. Now, you wrote a piece today about Riley Shea and, and how he's actually having a better season than I think most people would realize. Well, there's been a lot of talk. You know, with Jim Rutherford, I think, obviously looking to make some kind of change if things don't improve, right? And if things stay in this win-one-lose-two, win-one-lose-three type of a scenario where the Penguins are struggling to get into a playoff spot, I think it's... It's safe to say that there's going to be some kind of change made. And I've seen a lot of people 
say that the, the Penguins still need to upgrade at that third-line center position and that, that Riley Shane wasn't the ultimate answer to uh, to that question that they had going into the season. So that got me thinking, uh, and I went back and, and kind of compared Shane's first 33 games in Pittsburgh, uh, parsing out the time he spent with the Red Wings, who were just awful. Uh, and, and looked specifically at his time here and compared it uh, to Nick Benino's results from the end of the season and was myself personally really shocked uh, at how much better uh, Benino has been in the third line center role than, uh, or excuse me, Shane's been in the third line center role than Nick Benino was last year. Uh, he's better defensively. He's limiting shots and scoring chances better than Benino did. Uh, he's doing that uh, with a, a lion's share of, of shifts that start in the defensive zone. So Mike Sullivan's trotting him out there uh, as a third line center, uh, a, a traditional shutdown role. Uh, he's uh, taking tough assignments against the other team's top lines. Uh, he is generating just as many shots at even strength as Vinny Malkin is. Uh, and he's one of the better puck possession players on the team. So I was, that opened my eyes. And I, 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 I knew that he was generating a ton of assists. And he's generating more assists actually at even strength right now than anybody on the team. Jeez. And again, just looking at his 33 games. Uh, but I was shocked. And I, I started to think about the why. Uh, and I think he just plays a very unassuming game at him. It's not, he doesn't have this loud, boisterous personality that, you know, where he's going to start arguments on Twitter about whether you button your shirt up or down, uh, you know, like Nick <laughs> Benino did. Uh, he, he's kind of an unassuming guy, and, and I think he's flying under the radar in a big way. And I think the Penguins have that problem at third-line center fixed. Uh, I think they can look elsewhere if they want to improve their problems as it stands now. I still think that the fourth nine is an issue that needs to be addressed. And I think you saw how Shane was able to lift that lineup last night with his presence there. Uh, but for me, uh, after all the analysis we kind of done over the last week on him, uh, I don't think that it's an area that the Penguins are really going to be able to get any better in without paying uh, too much of a cost that, to make it worth it. Well, if they were to say bring in a third-line center, one that you feel could do an adequate job, would you have a problem with it? I mean, you are correct that they would have to probably part with some assets, but if you could ideally push Shea and, and that production down to the fourth line, we saw that he was able to elevate guys who really hadn't done much of anything this year last night. You're right, and I, and I don't think that it would be a role he's not suited for. Uh, I think right now the, the Mike Sullivan is afraid to play his fourth line. I mean, look at the deployment. That's all you need to know. I mean, you look at the minutes that they get. Uh, you're playing under six minutes a game, Adam, and that's a total opposite of what we've come to expect from this team under Mike Sullivan. I mean, this is a guy, a coach that has won two Stanley Cups off of his ability to roll four lines. Um, I still think, and I don't have like an insider scoop here, uh, but I still think that if, if Minnesota is out of a playoff spot come Valentine's Day, I still think the Penguins are going to try to bring Matt Cullen back for one more roll at it. Uh, Jim Rutherford's made comments to Minnesota media, to Pittsburgh media, that have said, I'll, I'll give Matt Cullen his Stanley Cup ring when I trade for him in the off, in, 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 at the trade deadline. And I don't get the impression that he's kidding. Uh, I, you know, I, it's, it's hard to say, but I still think that if they're going to make an improvement, it, it's not going to be with a Tyler Bozak uh, or another center of that ilk. I, I think they'll bring in a guy like a Matt Cullen or Matt Cullen himself to center that third line. And I think if they can find the right combination for Riley Shane on the third line and give him a playmaker – uh, I, I think that you could get a little bit more production out of out of that third line than you are right now. Jesse Marshall kicks ass at the Athletic. He joins us here on the Crowley Show. Prior to the Dumoulin injury last night, it looked to me like the Penguins had the three pairs on defense that they would like to roll with. 
What do you think of those three pairs if that's what the Penguins decide to continue to roll out there? Well, we have to say, though, first, that the, the Dumoulin loss is huge. Bar none, the best defenseman on the team this year. Bar none, probably the best defenseman on the team last year, maybe aside from Justin Schultz. And when I say defenseman, I, I'm talking about that in traditional sense. I mean, what makes Justin Schultz great is his skating and what he provides to the offense. And Brian Dumoulin is just a guy that plays shutdown down uh, He can skate. He can do a little bit of everything. And not having him, those are big minutes that you now have to replace. And we don't know how long he's going to be out, but... Uh, that, that's, in my opinion, the worst-case scenario they could have had defensively is to lose him. Um, the Ian Cole-Justin Schultz pairing, Adam, was really bad last night. Really yes. bad. Uh, and and it's kind of bizarre. I mean, it was his first game back, so you don't, you know, I, I think that there's a little bit of rust that needs to be shaken off there. I wouldn't expect that to be the case moving forward. Um, Ole Mata has had success with just about anybody you put him with. This season, I think he's had an excellent rebound year building off of what he did last year. Uh, I, you know, I'm surprised at what we've seen from, from Jamie Alexiak. Yeah. This, it, it's a Matt Niskanen situation, Adam. I mean, I mean, not the offensive pedigree that Matt Niskanen now has, but you, know, you think about Ron Hainsey, Justin Schultz, Matt Niskanen, guys that the Penguins have brought over uh, on defense that have been sort of, you know, coming from the island of misfit toys, you know, guys that didn't have a defined role and, we're struggling getting consistent playing time. There's just something about this this team, and, and, and I think we need to give a hat tip to Sergey Gonchar that has allowed them to, to take these sort of quote-unquote projects and turn them into something good. Uh, and, and for as big as he is, Jamie Oleksiak can still skate. And that's very important. And I think that the Penguins have coached these guys to say, look, when you're in trouble, when all else fails, don't overthink the breakout. Just go. Just take it and go. Uh, and he's kind of allowed them to be themselves and to play off their natural instincts. So I like the pairings from last night. It's disappointing that Dumoulin got hurt because I thought there was some really good potential there. Um, but it, it's been plug and play for them. So I, I think they have adequate guys. I mean, they do think that, you know, beyond Chad Ruedel, who's also unavailable, there's also, there's a little bit of a drop-off. But uh, I think if Jamie Oleksiak can continue to give you more of the same, uh, they're going to be okay. Uh, it's not an area that I believe that they can sacrifice depth. Like, for example, we heard a lot about Ian Cole's name, Adam. I don't think you can trade him unless you get another defenseman back. Uh, but I think you have to be pretty satisfied with what they've done up to this point. Uh, you know, considering the offense's, you know, struggles with scoring goals, I think they've held it down a lot better than they did last year. Jesse Marshall joining us from The Athletic here on the Crowley Show. Jesse, the goaltender situation, of course, Jari gets hurt last night. Let's say he's healthy. Let's say they're both healthy. How do you divvy up the responsibility for the remainder of the year? Because they've obviously got something in Jari. I'm not saying that you demote Matt Murray, but I wouldn't mind giving Jari uh, some extra play whenever you might not have given that to another backup goaltender. Yeah, and, and sample size caveat here, uh, Tristan Jari's been better. He has been better. We look at the advanced goaltending metrics behind that, Adam. I think it backs that up. I think the eye test backs that up. So I would expect to see a 55-45 split um, right now. I think mean, if Matt Murray goes on a hot streak and gets on a heater, as you know he's off to do, that number might change. Uh, but I think for now, Tristan Jari is sort of demanding more playing time. Um, you know, it's, it's tough to criticize the goaltending at him on a team that can't score goals. Uh, but I'll say this, you know, the Penguins' goaltending has been average this season and unfortunately a time where they've needed it to to be more than that. 
And it's hard to ask a guy who's playing to a standard level of expectation to just do better uh, because the team can't score goals, but that's kind of the position that they're in. And, uh, you know, I think even if you filter out the data from Matt Murray's cleanup uh, duty when Anthony Niemi was here, Tristan Jari's still been better. Uh, and he hasn't played as many minutes, but for that reason, I think going forward, you see a 55-45 percentage split uh, until one of the two takes off. Uh, I think when that happens, I think, I think Meg Sullivan will be quick to ride that hand, whichever one it is. New Jersey's obviously played better than we thought. Carolina's in a playoff position right now. It's a difficult division. The Eastern Conference looks pretty deep. When you look at the Penguins globally compared to everyone else, how does their roster compare? Because I feel like they're underachieving, obviously, to this point. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious to think what you think that they could do uh, in the playoffs if they were able to make it that far. Why? Well, I- I think that's going to depend a little bit on what Jim Rutherford does sure. between now and then. Uh, but let's just say, Adam, they go out and they find a little bit of help at forward and get some depth in that can find the back of the net a little bit more reliably. Uh, I still think that, you know, here's the thing. When you look at all the underlying metrics, Adam, right, all the things that the Penguins are doing that we can tangibly judge, right, they generate scoring chances really well. Top 10 team in the National Hockey League. They're a top 10 puck possession team in the National Hockey League. Like we said, they're goaltending. Average, right? Defensively, average, right? It's a, it's a group of six guys that's not going to knock your socks off, uh, but they get the job done. They just can't score. And the frustrating part about that is you don't know how long that's going to last. That could last all the way through October of, of 2018. It could last to the end of next week. I think the important thing is the underlying process that the Penguins are going through uh, and although they do have a lot to clean up with the giveaways and things of that nature, Adam, they're, they're, that, that, you need to say that. They've been a little sloppy at times. The way that they're generating scoring chances and shots and all that other stuff is there, right? So for me, add a, uh, add a piece or two, uh, and, and fatigue obviously, again, being another major caveat, I think the Penguins can make a run. And look at their division. It's wide open. Right now, they're, they're just the unluckiest team in the National Hockey League that's got a couple bad habits to boot. Uh, but the problem with, with these scoring droughts is, again, we just don't know how long they're going to last. Uh, and if the Penguins can keep doing what they're doing and maybe even ratchet up the pace in their scoring chances uh, that they're generating, uh, they're bound to break this, 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 this dam and they're bound to, to burst it open. Maybe five goals last night was the beginning. You can only hope. Uh, but I still think that there's a glimmer of hope for this team. I mean, you look at some of the heavy hitters in the NHL right now. I mean, obviously you look at Toronto – I don't know what's going to happen with Las Vegas, but I'm in shock that that's actually a thing right now. Uh, that they're you know riding this huge unbeaten streak. But I mean, the Penguins—you look at their star power—they're just as good as everybody else. And if they start getting some breaks, yeah, I wouldn't count them out. Jesse, really appreciate the time, man. Thanks very much, and hopefully we get a chance to do it soon. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate it. There he goes, Jesse Marshall from the Athletic. Check out his piece from earlier today and subscribe. Because they're damn good. They got Kaboli, they got Yoey, they got Seth Rohrbaugh, and of course they've got Jesse Marshall breaking things down, X's and O's, and with the analytics. Coming up next, the Me Too movement, it's here. Well, not here, although I don't know what Katie's going to say, but it's in sports now. What's that mean? I'll tell you, it's the Crowley Show. Tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. 
Listening to Adam try and weasel out of the six-pack quest is ridiculous. Nothing's changed from last year. What a sore loser. I'm glad Brian had some sense. Mike tweets, You should do it on February 2nd, so that if you get stuck in a Bill Murray-esque Groundhog Day scenario, you get your belly button pierced for all eternity till you figure out how to write whatever wrongs you need writing. Oh, come on, Mike. Here's what's going to happen, and I'm just going to accept this because I did this to myself. I did. Now, a little of this had to do with the hair on my chest, the 5 o'clock belly shadow. The no longer there hair? (laughs) Yes, the hair that has been waxed due to my fantasy football shortcomings. And I thought that I was in better shape than I was because of said hair kind of dressing me up a little bit. But I did just realize that I've got a little bit of an extension either way. Wait, wait, why? Friday it's 26th. No. It is. 27th is a Saturday. We're taking a picture that day. No. Nope. Like whatever. No, no. There, no. It's got to no. be done for the show. It's the 27th. No, it's the 27th. There's so no I get around. two days. I'll, no, no, I no, get to the no, 29th. no, no, no. This isn't like got to pay the rent by the 5th. No, it's due on the 1st. Like, don't, no, not at all. I'm coming over to your house. I'm a, taking a picture of you shirtless, which I can't believe I just said out loud. And I that is the record right there. I'm on that day, bro. Gonna be I'll real, let you man. You guys do that. You can't back out like that. There's nothing you can do. There's no. There's nothing you can do, dude. I will camp out in front of your house. You don't know where I'll be. I know where you'll be. I will sit there and make noise until your wife lets me in. She won't want to put up with me all day. 29th, 27th, Joe. 29th, 29th. Joe, 27th, right? Joe's nodding. 27th, the picture will be taken. 29th will be the piercing or no piercing. Dude, I think your only thing here is you just got to go at it full on. If you think I'm going two, at it full if on. If you think three a days are enough, you need to do eight a days. Like I'm serious. Like you can do this. There's enough time here. I worked out for an hour yesterday in the morning and an hour at night. I worked out for an hour today. I'm going to do it an hour at night. If that doesn't work, it doesn't work. If that's if that's giving it your all, hey, it I, is. I think that's about all I can do. I think if I did a third hour. Or if I extended either of the other two hours, I don't think I'd have enough energy to do the show right, by the end of the month. You're missing the downtime. Like, this is primetime crunch time right now. You could be throwing crunches while you're doing the show. You know what? That's not a bad idea. We yeah. can actually what work towards did. that. You know? We I mean, during that. breaks, you could be doing things. I think during breaks makes sense. I can't do crunches when I'm on the air. You can. But he just did. Try I got my notes. You my notes right here. Plus, the I don't think that the microphone goes that low. Look, I'm doing crunches right now. What if I just constantly and consistently... Squeeze my abs and then release my abs like I'm doing right now. That actually works works them out a little bit. Here's a crunch. Not I'm a, doing it. Not a crunch. Crunch. Not a crunch. Crunch. Not a crunch. Crunch. Yeah. Not a crunch. That's not bad. Yeah, see? I'm starting it to is. sweat. See? I'm helping you out here, man. I'm, I'm, one, not letting you give up, and two, I'm giving you motivation to go at this in a fierce manner. First of all, I'm not giving up. You were trying a minute ago. I was I was trying to push the deadline back so I That's had more time. Up. That's giving up. No, that would be me trying to have a six it pack is. by the next month. I was just being realistic with that. That's all that was was <laughs> was being realistic. The only realistic you need is that by that day, if you don't have a six pack, you're getting your belly button pierced. <laughs> now, did we determine who's going to do this? 
Uh, yes, it will be Joe with a bow and arrow. Can you guys? Can you no, guys? I'm gonna get somebody professional. You guys could please call it in. I, I I had said at first I would set the whole thing up. You guys need to set it up. No, I'll, I'll, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to tie my own noose. Like that doesn't make any sense. to no, me. No, I'll get somebody professional. Somebody with uh, with very good. Uh, what do they call that? Cleanliness or whatever. Sterile conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're not like going to go to like some back alley thing or anything like that. But we're that is a somebody, good group. We're going to get somebody good for you. It'll pierce you just the right way, man. Now, me talking about this doesn't mean I concede the fact that I'm not going to have a six-pack. What it does mean is that I'm nervous. Yeah, you should be. Mm-hmm. That's going to hurt. Oh, it's going to hurt like a bitch, man. It like, really is. Worse than waxing. Me getting waxed on Friday was painful, and it's been really bad since because I'm so itchy. And it doesn't help that it's negative six degrees outside, so you get the dry skin. Plus, you got the all the rash that comes with having your chest and belly waxed. And then the belt line, where your belt meets your, oh, your waist. Ow, ow. Ah, it's awful. And, it is. And that's a lot worse than what's going to happen because... I'm going to have, if I get my belly button pierced, there's going to be a wound on my belly button. Yeah. Like, I'm going to have to go all old school, seventh grade gangsta Crowley and wear my pants around my ankles, <laughs> or else it's really going to hurt. It's going to hurt bad, man. And that's an, that brings up another thing, too, is uh, I think when we first discussed this, we were talking about, like, what kind of belly button ring you would have. And, and I didn't got, have any. You no, know, and I'm still leaning towards, like, a rhinestone cherry, you know? I think it would be funnier for the show. And more of a punishment for me, and more of an incentive for me to have the six pack. If you guys went with like a pit script kind of thing, oh, a pit belly button mm-hmm. ring. I'll let you guys do that. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Mike's on board. It's not a bad idea, dude. Okay, that's what we'll do then. We'll go. Or New England Patriots. I think Pitt gets at you a little bit deeper. It does. I think it does. While Bastards. the Patriots do rub you the wrong way, I think Pitt is just adding injury to insult. Everything's going to feel like it rubs me the wrong way. But that way. is a good group. Oh, everything. Everything. Any shirt that I put on. Yeah, you're going to have to like buy new halter tops to like show it off. Uh, like belly shirt Crowley. You know, it is insane, though. The amount of difference I feel today versus New Year, a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Like I feel a lot better right now than I did then, just working out a couple extra times. Feel good. You look you look good, dude. Like if I didn't know, like I mean Shut the hell up. No, I mean like seriously, you've been working out a lot and I think you're like going in the right direction. You saw me shirtless Friday via the video. I did and not bad. Better than when you started, but not within the window to get you to where you need to be. No, I if I kept think. doing what I was doing to get me to that point, it wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna get it done. I mean, let's be Crowley, uh, Crowley, seriously, transparency. If I was a chick, I'd date you. Yeah. With the current body. Uh, Leanna, Leanna even said, she goes, you look good in the video. And I said, I look good for an average person. I want to look good for any people. You want to look like, be like the guy. Oh, no. What's Katie's it? writing something on the board over there. Crop top Crowley. Yeah. Do I got to do a show in a crop top? I think, like, if you're going to do the belly button piercing, you can't hide it. I think maybe a crop top is, is yeah. I mean, Can I stand the whole time? It'd be similar to what we... Remember like when we dressed stand. like cowboys for the uh, big uh, cowboy party? Yes. Big 104 How you were party. dressed. Yeah, well, it'd be something like that. Like, tie it up, like, in a Daisy Duke style. You're pretty hot, man. I mean, like, speaking for other people. <laughs> Ryan understands that and, and is supportive of that. See, Mike gets me. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. The A's have it. 
I'm doing it on the 29th, but the 27th is the day of record. 27th is the cutoff. The penalty will be imposed or possibly imposed on the 29th. I want to clear some stuff up as we get serious now because we do a lot of goofing around on the show. And I wanted to do some goofing prior to getting into the serious talk because for the next, oh, I don't know, half hour or so, we had a lot of serious subject matter to cover. At the top of the hour, 6 o'clock, I'm talking about the Rooney Rule. I know. I know. Pretty serious. And now I feel like I got to talk about this Rich Rod situation. A, because I'm a human being, and it's a big story, and I am in the corner of women and black people and minorities. It's what we do with the show. Uh, I am empathetic. I care. I care. Carly cares. Hashtag Carly cares. I do. Rich Rod got fired from Arizona, head coach there. He had done okay. He'd been all right. The reason that he was being investigated, according to reports, and I did a lot of research into this today because it doesn't seem like anybody's got it right yet. People have said that he's sexually harassing this woman. Let me just tell you what he did, allegedly. Rodriguez was being investigated due to complaints of a hostile work environment. The woman who filed the lawsuit says that she was charged with lying to Rich Warad's wife about his whereabouts. So that's what she didn't like. It was her job being an assistant. She worked with the program, and apparently Rich Rod had said, look, I'm having this extramarital affair. You know, and two other people knew. And these people, in addition to their other duties, also had to clean up for him. They had to kind of get rid of the tracks, so to speak. It was her job to cover up his extramarital affair. So for her to complain, I totally understand. She said that Rich Rod would call her during all hours of the night to change travel plans. And Arizona's now saying that this isn't the reason he was fired, right? They say that they just want to move in a better direction for the football program. Just say that this was a part of it, right? Because it was, and that's okay. That's the right of the university. Many in the media are taking one side or the other and doing it staunchly. Rodriguez should be fired because he's a terrible person, or Rodriguez shouldn't be fired because none of the wrongdoings have been proven. Others will say that any workplace harassment or any hostile environment needs to cease. I'm in that camp. But here's all I can say for certain. Arizona can do whatever they want. Arizona can get rid of them if they want to. If none of this is true, the fact that it's a black mark on the university makes it a fireable offense. And they can put it under the guise of, oh, we don't love what he's brought to the football side of things. The dude gets fired because, let's be real, you don't want Rich Rod associated with the university because of the hashtag MeToo movement. They don't want to have the football program explain this on every recruiting visit. They want parents who are going to send their children to this university, or at least consider sending their children to this university, to not feel awful about having that man in their living room. One of the national reporters who tweeted this last night said that this is one of two Me Too cases that was being investigated in major college football. He didn't report what the other one was. So Rich Rod's come out. He didn't say anything about this prior to this, but apparently the information was out there. There's information about another investigation ongoing that is yet to be uncovered. Point being, for me, it's here. And it's about damn time. But... 
We saw it in Hollywood. We've seen it in politics. We've seen it in the real world. Now we're seeing it in sports. And I've been waiting for it to come to sports. Waiting. We know how these players treat women at times. Now, not all players, not all men. But we know the way that these things are seen through their eyes. We know how the Richie Incognito situation went down. Richie Incognito was a bully, but yet football culture backed him. It happens in a lot of other circumstances as well. Richie Incognito treated women terribly, too. He, according to reports, and again, throwing that allegedly word in there, allegedly assaulted a woman sexually by continuously prodding her with a golf club. But yet Richie Incognito gets released and he gets picked up instantaneously. Meanwhile, Jonathan Scott, or Jonathan Martin, one of the two, Isn't that sad? The guy who was bullied doesn't have a job anywhere in the league. My point is this. This is going to get totally mishandled throughout sports. And it's something that needs to be unhearthed. It's something that needs to be looked into. But I don't know how teammates are going to respond. I don't know how coaches are going to respond. I don't know how the PR Departments are going to respond. Consider what Cam Newton did. Cam Newton challenged a female reporter, a woman reporter, and said, you're not out there. You don't know what you're talking about. It's funny to hear a woman talk about running routes, is what he said. I didn't hear any awful backlash coming from the Carolina Panthers organization. In fact, the head of their organization, Jerry Richardson, that guy did get lumped into all this because that guy was quote-unquote sexually harassing people within his building. Who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? Because we're going to find out about the perceived bad guys in the near future. And when we do, what are the quote-unquote good guys going to do about it? Because it would be very powerful if athletes got on board with the Me Too movement. It would be very powerful for athletes to get behind the cause of the women. It's made me think about what I've done in the past. I've I've never sexually harassed anyone. I've never been in a bad situation like that. But it's made me think of everything that I've done in my past. And you kind of run through it with a fine-tooth comb. I think it's important that athletes check themselves. I think it's important that they handle this next wave the way that they need to handle it. Did I just talk for like eight minutes and not say anything? No, you said a lot. Did any of it make sense? Sure. Didn't make any sense, did it? No, it didn't. Up next. Dear God. The Rooney Rule's coming under fire? And that's racist. It's the Crowley Show.